The following is a message from Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, visit us online at westcal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. Let's pray together. Eternal God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for giving us such a Savior, sufficient, more than sufficient, to meet our every need. And we thank you that uh, the word of Jesus has come to us, and by your Spirit you have laid hold of our hearts and given us joy to belong to you and given us a passion that others might come to know you as well. Speak to us through your servant this morning. Help us to hear the voice of Jesus and the words that he brings to us from your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to quickly introduce our uh, guest speaker today um, because I want to give him as much time as possible. Pastor, pastor Matt Yusi is the pastor of Trinity Church Central Oahu in Hawaii, Hawaii, PCA congregation, and he's here also with Pastor Nathaniel Thompson, who serves with Trinity Church uh, in Kailua. Am I close? Good. Okay. I've never been there. But you have opportunity to go there, perhaps. They are here uh, for a presbytery meeting and just stopped on their way to Sacramento <laughs> to spend time with us today. As you have seen in announcements, they uh, would love to buy you pizza lunch if you're interested in opportunities to hear about church planting uh, with the PCA in the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, room 5, 12.45, if you want pizza lunch, please sign up by 11 o'clock on the student lounge sign-up sheet. And uh, even if you're not committed to Hawaii or the PCA, I think they're still going to buy you lunch. So uh, we look forward to hearing the word from Matt this morning. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Uh, we did not have that arrangement. If they were not committed to Hawaii, we would, not, we would buy them oh. lunch. But no, I'm kidding. Thank you very much for having me. It's a blessing to be here. Uh, just in case you were wondering, yes, we really do dress like this in Hawaii. It's very comfortable, and we're happy to bring it to the mainland. You may be interested in knowing that around this time last year, I was blessed with the opportunity to preach at Westminster Seminary's Chapel in Philadelphia. And you should be proud to know that you outnumber them in chapel attendance. I'm going to say three to one. So uh, you're not recording this, are you? I still have a lot of friends. Okay, good. Our passage this morning is Galatians chapter 3. I'll be reading the first nine verses. I invite you to turn there. Galatians 3, verses 1 through 9. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified, let me ask you only this, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by works of the law, I'm sorry, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. 
And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, during these few moments that we have together, we do pray that you would powerfully speak to us, that you would cut us to the core through your word, as you promise you will do, that you will show us our great need and our great Savior. The, flower, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Amen. Well, as you know, I'm a pastor in Hawaii, and we're here to talk about ministry in Hawaii. We certainly invite all of you to come to have a pizza lunch with us. And, you know, I don't know any of you. I'm guessing that the thought of ministering and living in Hawaii seems strange, maybe fantastic, maybe um, unattainable. Uh, But one thing I learned long ago, and living in Hawaii has done nothing but illustrate, is that people are people, sin is sin, grace is grace, and the church is the church. And when we look at, in looking at this passage this morning, this passage of rebuke, I believe we also find the character of the church or the character of the church's power described in three distinct ways. And this is going to be our outline. Uh, The unashamed portrayal of a crucified Savior. Again, the character of the power of the church. Secondly, the unabashed commitment to God's word. And then thirdly, the unwavering dependence upon God's gracious plan for the world. And before we jump into that, I want to say that uncannily and without fail, the great temptation in man, in us, is to believe that and then quickly move from it, that equation of grace, and depend rather upon the flesh, upon man-centered works for how we live our lives. And that temptation is no less in the pastoral ministry, in church ministry. It is there. You say, I believe the gospel. I believe in the doctrines of grace. We're all reformed here, right? And then you get out there and you start fearing. You get out there and you start depending upon pleasing people. How can I reach these people? How can I grow these people? And that shift of the flesh takes place. That battle of the flesh and the spirit tips to the scales, or tip, uh, tips to the side, rather, of the flesh. But here we see what the power of the church is. First, we see the unashamed portrayal of the crucified Savior, Jesus. In verse 1, we read, O foolish Galatians, who, was bewi- who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Now, I don't know where you are in your seminary studies, but you may have gotten to the point where you realize that the readers of, the, of this letter to the Galatians were not eyewitnesses, most likely, of Jesus' crucifixion. That Galatia is in Turkey, it's not in Palestine. But Paul here rebukes them because he says, it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. What is he talking about here? Was the great commentator, Matthew Henry, put it, Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth as crucified among them. That is, they had the doctrine of the cross preached to them and the sacrament of the Lord's Supper administered among them in both which Christ crucified had been set before them. The heart of the apostolic message, as you know, was that the cross of Jesus was from first to last of utmost importance. It was how God 
would save the nations. Over and over again, it consumed the message of the apostles. It shaped their ministry. This message of the king of the universe coming and being humbled, being humiliated, being crushed for our sins. Though a stumbling block to Jews and foolish to the Gentile intelligentsia was the message that pride opened the sinful hearts and saved sinners. And Paul would write in Romans 10, Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The power, not in the creativity or the gifts of oration. Rather, Paul was probably a poor speaker. There's hints as you may know, that he had a speech impediment. But it is the substance of the gospel of grace that God works his grace into sinful hearts as you sit under the proclamation of the gospel. And this proclamation is the public portrayal of a crucified Savior. It's that kind of power in the preaching of the gospel. And as Henry points out, the Lord's Supper plainly portrays the crucified Christ as the only means of salvation, a simple meal, bread and wine. This is how you are saved. Jesus came and died for you, publicly portrayed as crucified. Paul called the Galatian Galatian Christians foolish and bewitched because they had seemingly moved past the cross, and in doing so, they brought into question if they ever really understood it, He writes to them and essentially says, didn't you hear my preaching? Christ was crucified. That is how you are saved. As I said, there is a temptation to believe that in order to reach people, especially, and I'm being a little existential here, people on an island, on a rock in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, we need to, I need to, be creative or excellent or have a PhD in their culture whatever that may mean. But this presupposes that the power is in the application or in the deliverer or in our works or in our response to the cross. Now, our obedience and our contextualization of the message to everyone in their culture and their language is important. Indeed, I believe it is commanded but it has no power to transform. Only the gospel transforms. Only the cross of Christ, the public portrayal of the crucified Christ. The only thing that has the power to save a single Hawaiian is the gospel. It's the only thing that can keep a single Hawaiian until the last day. Word and sacrament proclaiming a crucified Savior. Second, see the power of ministry, of the church, and the unabashed commitment to God's word. Please look at verse 8 again with me. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify, justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. Paul writes, Scripture preached the gospel to Abraham. And if you go back to the Genesis account, it was actually God himself who made this promise to Abraham. Here, Paul says it was Scripture that made the promise. Well, who was it? Was it God? Was it his word? God or the Scriptures? 
Well, the Bible, as you know, presents them as indistinguishable from each other. Where God's word is, God is. Where God's word speaks, God speaks. You want to know God? Know your Bible. You want to discern his will for your life? Look to the word of life. What the Bible says, God says. And as you know, this is not a little distinction in our day where the word of God is under attack, but lest we think that it's special now, it has always been that way since the garden. The word of God under attack. The power for the church, the power of gospel ministry is in commitment to God's word unabashedly, even when it makes people mock us and deride us and chide at us, wherever you are, Escondido, Hawaii, China, unabashed commitment to God's word. The scriptures preach to us. They preach of a holy God and his love for humanity displayed ultimately in the work of Christ. The scripture will cut deep into your soul and reveal your need for a savior. It is the sword of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And it will make plain that no matter how hard you try, you cannot earn God's favor by how hard you work, how hard you labor. And lest we, in our conservative, reformed Christian world, actually take our right and orthodox position on the word of God as a thing that validates us to him, let us remember that the scriptures reveal our inability to perfectly keep the demands of his law. As Westminster puts it, no mere man since the fall is able in this life perfectly to keep the commandments of God, but, it, but is in this life, uh, but does daily break them in thought, word, and deed. And so God's word would teach us Not only what duties are required for us to keep, but the crucified Savior who kept them for us and in whom we hide. Unashamed portrayal of the crucified Savior, unabashed commitment to God's word. Let me go quickly now. Thirdly and finally, the unwavering dependence upon God's gracious plan for the world. Look at verse 7 with me, please. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. As you know, Abraham is a massive figure in the Bible, Old and New Testament alike. He was the one chosen, the father of Israel, the man of faith, etc. It's probable that the Judaizers, the False teachers from Jerusalem who were bewitching the foolish Galatians were talking a lot about Abraham, speaking of the covenant sign of circumcision and how only by doing so could you truly be a child of Father Abraham and so on. Well, This theme in the New Testament in Paul and Peter and the writer of Hebrews and even Jesus himself was that unbelieving Israel had taken their bloodline as a salvific birthright and in doing so they had missed everything They had missed the sun. You see, it has always been about this. God has never saved people based on their ethnicity or their works, their bloodline. Never. God's plan has always been to bless the nations, all the nations on earth, by the proclamation of the gospel. Repent and believe and be saved. Or, as Paul writes here, God would justify the Gentiles by faith. From Genesis onwards... The plan has been revealed that God will make of all the nations one people. 
that his glory will spread over the whole globe and he will bring them together in Christ in the church. This promise, this plan is what fueled the apostles that Jesus was worthy of a people of every tongue and tribe and nation and he would do it. He would and will and is justifying the Gentiles by faith. This zeal for the glory of the Lord is what I pray motivates us, what motivates you in going forward. Whether you go again in Escondido, Hawaii, China, Africa, it is that God is worthy, right, to receive the praise of all peoples in the church. Should we not, as John Knox famously declared, give me Scotland or I die, be compelled to see the fame of Jesus Christ be manifested on every step of the earth we trod? This is what fueled them, God's gracious plan for the world. And amazingly, when perhaps only a year had passed since the Apostle Paul left them, the Galatians had turned from this, this biblical, gracious gospel of God, to a man-made religion of works. How? How did that happen? He was just with them. Well, and I'm going to close with this. Lest we think these Galatians are some form of alien spiritual species that are prey to bizarre temptations to which we are impenetrable, I'm reminded of the words of Martin Luther. This is one of my favorite Luther quotes. He wrote toward the end, Although I am a doctor of divinity and have preached Christ and have fought his battles for a long time, I know from personal experience how difficult it is to hold fast to the truth. I cannot always shake off Satan. I cannot always apprehend Christ as the scriptures portray him. Sometimes the devil distorts Christ to my vision. The disciples themselves during Jesus' lifetime were constantly foolish in misunderstanding Jesus. One of them, Peter, shared in the very foolishness for which Paul is rebuking them, didn't he? And of course, the church in the Old Testament constantly ignored, persecuted, and even killed the prophets who came bearing this same gospel, choosing works over grace, they turned to idols again and again. Uncannily and without fail, the great temptation in man is to quickly move from the equation of grace to a man-centered dependence from the spirit to the flesh. And when faced with this reality, this temptation we share, it may be easy to be cynical and to lose hope. The same unbelief over and over again seemingly without end, but all of this shouts forth as undeniable the substance of the faith once and for all delivered unto the saints, that salvation is undeniably all of grace. It is not because God foresaw our faithfulness that he sent Christ for us. In dying for our salvation, Jesus did it despite us, not because of us. He did it for the glory of the Father without consideration of our good condition. He did it unconditionally. Even more, he did it contra-conditionally. Your condition earned something, but God gave you life and pardon instead. And in earning our salvation, it is God alone who gets the glory. It is not us because we so greatly grasp the doctrine that God has revealed in Scripture or that we have done anything else. It is that God has graciously sent his son and his spirit has gone forth over the nations to grab us through the preaching of the son. And so if man's foolishness is the recurring theme of history, then let it not be understated.
that Christ died for fools like us. And praise God that our security lasts in his perfect work and not in ours. This is the gospel of Christ, and it is for you this morning. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the honor it is to be here. I thank you for your gospel, which constantly convicts and comforts. Your gospel shows, Lord, just how much it took to get us. And it shows the lengths you went to save us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, let the zeal for your name be what fuels us. Whether it's in class today, would you be with these students, Lord? Would they not grow weary in doing good? Would you keep them from taking shortcuts that would not honor you? Would they know that the studies that they do today will bear fruit for eternity for your glory? And Lord, would you, in all of them, and all of my brothers and sisters, enlarge their passion and commitment for the public portrayal of you crucified, Lord Christ, in the unabashed commitment for your word and for an unwavering dependence upon your gracious plan for the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Copyright 2014, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.